SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Late Night Conversations. My name is Patricia Antudio on SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. We are speaking educational and social conversations. And uh, the topic we're looking at today is... Is integrating languages um, something that could assist South Africans with the solution to xenophobia? Talking to us about this is a very beautiful and bubbly uh, part-time lecturer at the University of Johannesburg who lectures in language practice, and that is uh, Karin Britz. Karin, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Hi, good evening. That's a a great pleasure. Karin, apparently you speak uh, some of the official languages. So I was told by our um, producer, Benzito, that I should greet you in Isizulu or Sibedi because you speak them fluently. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, which other languages do you you speak as, uh, I presume, you're Afrikaans? Yes, I'm Afrikaans. and then um, I speak of the Sutu languages, um, Southern Sutu or Sisutu, and then um, Setswana. And of course, I do understand um, Sepedi or Sisutu Salibua. Um, and I, I try to speak Zulu, um, but um, <laughs> it's sometimes funny <laughs> and all the click sounds. <laughs> and uh, uh, Karen, I want to ask, where did you grow up and where did you get the flair of languages? And I think it's important for us to give our listeners an understanding of who you are and why you chose to be a language uh, lecturer. Um, yes, uh, I grew up in the Free State in, in Sasseburg, um, but not in the form. Um, usually people think that um, I'm, I'm white, <laughs> um, but uh, if white people speak um, African languages, then they grew up on a farm. Um, and in my case, I actually learned um, Sutu at school. Um, and I think that's, that's sometimes quite strange. <laughs> um, and why languages? I think when you start to speak to people and they open up to you, um, it's, it's, you get addicted to it. It's, um, it's just wonderful how to see, to see how people open when you speak their language. I mean, I have the same feeling if, if, if somebody starts to speak Afrikaans to me. It's like, oh, wow, what a relief. <laughs> so it's just wonderful. Now, you have written an, an article um, relating to um, our languages in South Africa and also how we could possibly be able to end xenophobia or bring some sort of solution to xenophobia by integrating languages. Before we even go any further, are South Africans xenophobic? Yes, that's a difficult question. Um, um, I want to say no, we are not xenophobic. Um, but if you look at the figures, it's unfortunately against us. Um, especially last year, it was really, really ter- terrible if you look at the, at the numbers. But I think inside of us, um, we are not xenophobic. Um, I, I, I really want to believe that we, we actually love people. Um, sometimes we are afraid of different people, different languages, um, but I think if we 
are educated about um, different people, different cultures, different languages, um, we won't be that afraid anymore. Um, I think it's about knowing the truth. Um, sometimes behind the xenophobic attacks, we have fake news. Um, we have we are not really informed about different cultures and, and, and different people. So um, what do we do? We want to attack. And I, I think we, we should um, educate ourselves. I, I mean, and I talk about myself because I sometimes also wonder, that's a strange person. <laughs> that's a strange language. And you have to be careful yourself not to, um, to judge people. I think that uh, we need to, to, to um, educate ourselves. I think that's the thing. This is SAFM leading the late night conversation and we are speaking to Karen Britz about uh, the fact that xenophobia could possibly have a solution could be a language uh, integration, language integration. If you'd like to join us this evening, you may do so by uh, calling us on 011 714 or you can uh, call us on 0891-104207. Our WhatsApp number is 0614-104107. You are South African or perhaps you're an expat in South Africa and uh, you are coming from another part of our beautiful continent. What are your feels around this? particular solution that uh, Karen comes up with that language could possibly be able to assist us. Karen, let's talk about, I mean, you've mentioned of the figures, that the figures are speaking against us. And we know that xenophobia is a dislike or a prejudice against people from other countries. We are not necessarily trying to define it here, but we are trying to come up with a solution using language. What does the South African government uh, do to integrate immigrants uh, on linguistic levels? Yeah, that's that's a big problem. Um, I I started to wonder about it, and I I started to look at what the the, the government is doing. Well, they have a, a, an action plan, and they refer to languages, but there's no language plan how to integrate people uh, um, with language programs. Um, so that's what we are lacking. If we look at um, other regions or, or countries like uh, like Germany. They actually have language tests and language classes to integrate people into the in, into the, the society, and we don't have them. We don't have those 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 language plans or or language classes um, from a, the government side, um, or at least not in the public domain. So that's that's problematic. So what could uh, government be doing? Should they take a leaf from uh, some of the European countries and uh, p- possibly offer free or public uh, language lessons? Yes, I think that would be a, a wonderful start. Um, and sometimes we, we are so afraid of all the 11 languages. How is it possible? But I think people live in regions and not all uh, 11 languages are spoken in all the regions. Uh, I mean, we live. Uh, I live in in Gauteng, um, at this moment, uh, and yes, yeah, we have all the la- uh, languages. But um, in general, we we can actually um, uh, base it on on a region where we live in. And if we say we live in in the Eastern Cape, um, we could offer um, Isiklasa and and perhaps Afrikaans um, as um, um, as uh, as classes. So. Um, and I, I think all over the country we have um, people who would be able to help us with that.
So um, it would be a nice way to create jobs, and that's what we need at this stage. Um, and it, it would actually be a wonderful way of getting to know people in those classes, um, to know that you're not alone. Um, I mean, I also attended um, a foreign language classes when I, I lived abroad, and that was a wonderful way of getting to know people. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's possible. And I think if we only create that sensitivity for other languages, at least, that that would also be a good starting point, um, and and we could start at the, at the department itself where they have to work with um, immigrants. Um, yes, if they could also have as classes how to handle um, um, cultural uh, differences um, and and um, no basic um, um, greeting forms in in different languages. You know that would be. Just that's just a, a few suggestions. Yeah. yeah, just a few suggestions. And for me, I'm I'm just like being taken to a place where in South Africa, with our eleven official languages, we already uh, have marginalised some other languages. Uh, for instance, um, those who who speak um, some of the languages that are not so affluent, so isithubi, bakubedu, um, and and already as we are South Africans, you mentioned regions, don't even know each other's languages. So if I, as a person who is Zulu speaking, go into Limpopo, which has many other of the South African languages, Mm -hmm. I already struggle. So within ourselves in South Africa, obviously language is a challenge, but now to then try and have it integrated, even our education system, you know, we are still trying to fix the plight of um, local dialects or languages within a particular local municipal region being taught in the schools. Now, for us to then open up using language to our fellow African brothers and sisters, this would be a beautiful thing to do. But obviously, the charity would need to start at home, that I, as a Zulu person, would be able to speak Sitsonga or Shivenda. Yes, exactly. Um, but if we create that demand, um, that uh, um, if you as, as a Zulu person could a- attend, um, let's say, vendor classes with um, other immigrants, I mean, that would be wonderful. So it's, a, it's another way of getting to know other people from other African countries, but also to know something about our own languages. Do you think that uh, our fellow African brothers and sisters, when they come into South Africa, are they willing and open to learning the South African languages? Yes. Um, from the studies that I looked at, they are willing. Um, but the sad part sometimes is that they they learn it to defend themselves. Um, so it's not necessarily because they want to learn the language because it's beautiful or it's going to help them, but um, <laughs> to prevent attacks. Um, because what I, I, I read in some of the studies that, that people would say, but you are black, you are supposed to speak <laughs> a South African language, um, which of course is, it's, it's, not, it's not true. It's, it doesn't mean that if you are black that you have to speak in a South African language. Um, so, so sometimes they use it to defend themselves. And um, I'm an Afrikaans-speaking person, so that was quite strange to me when um, people in, in um, uh, 
the city of Johannesburg, the city center, told me that they actually learn Afrikaans um, to protect themselves um, from the police because one of the things that police would ask them is um, um, they would ask them something in Afrikaans. Or, um, that, so Afrikaans becomes a, a, a test for being so African, uh, as strange as it, as it might might seem. Um, so that's, on the one hand, um, I mean, it's, it's wonderful that people would like to learn um, languages, but I would like the motivation to be <laughs> something um, less dramatic as to protect yourself or not to be stigmatized as a, as a foreigner. And would it be a two-way street that we as South Africans would need to learn some of the languages uh, in order for us to be able to curb xenophobia? Or is it if you are from any other part of this continent, you should learn a South African language of where you stay? Or should it be two-way? I think it's two ways, but um, in general, if you look at, at other countries, if you if you move to another country, usually you learn that language. Um, I, I think that's the, that's the, that's the standard. Um, but I think it might be just nice um, from our side to, to learn um, the other languages um, from Africa. Um, I don't say we have to speak it fluently, but just to show that... Um, you're welcome. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, learning any other language is, is, is a bonus to me. So, yeah. This is SAFM leading the late night conversation. We're talking to Karen Britz, who's a part-time lecturer at the University of Johannesburg, and she deals in languages. She's Afrikaans, but she speaks fluent English as well, and uh, most of the Sotho or Sotho languages, so the Bedis and uh, Sotho, Southern Sotho, and so on. So, someone that is teaching us about how languages could potentially help uh, solve the issue of xenophobia in South Africa. You are more than welcome to join us by calling. 0891104207 or 0117144045. Our WhatsApp number is 0614104107. On the line, I've got Ivan in Cape Town. Ivan, good evening. Good evening. Uh, I think this is a, a brilliant idea of uh, uh, um, using language to build bridges between different culture groups. You know, I have a, a group of uh, Congolese uh, people that uh, stayed uh, at our center from 2009, and they speak French. They don't even speak, uh, you know, uh, because uh, French is their first language. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so nice to learn from them, uh, uh, you know, how to speak French. So I think it's it's a brilliant idea. Uh, for people to communicate with each other. I don't know how we can put it together, but I think this is a, a nice idea uh, to to kill xenophobia attitudes towards each other. Um, not that xenophobia is our own fault. Sometimes it's been created there for people to differ from each other. But I think this is a brilliant idea through language to, to build bridges. Ivan, just give us a bit of uh, an understanding as to when you are sitting with uh, your uh, fellow uh, brothers from Congolese and uh, in, at your center and they start speaking French, do, are they also willing to learn your language? Yes, they, they learn very fast uh, because, you know, they, 
like uh, one of the the subjects the children have to learn at at school is Afrikaans. Um, so <laughs> they are forced to learn Afrikaans. They are forced to learn English, but they are willing. It's more like uh, they want to enrich themselves, you know, to to communicate uh, with the broader community. Um, in their case, they don't go out of the center. They stay full-time after school. They stay in the center. They don't walk around and stuff. They, they uh, Also, they study a lot, you know. Uh, one thing I learned about them, they love studying. Um, yeah, so um, they learn it very fast, but also it's because they want to learn a, a different language. And uh, the funniest, <laughs> as it sounds, like they also learn Afrikaans <laughs> mm. easier. Um, that, that is a uh, very funny because you know, like Afrikaans is an international language. You know, like if you overseas and even people in in Kenya and, and other countries, even Chinese also speak Afrikaans. <laughs> mm. So you know, like uh, you know, like in our time we were we teach Afrikaans as oppressed language. But I learned over these years travel uh, different countries. If you're at the airport and you have somebody speak your language, then you're a little bit excited because you know that one is from South Africa. Mm, so mm. Afrikaans uh, have become an international language. Uh, uh, you like in Britain, I mean, there's about 300,000 uh, Afrikaans people there uh, in, in Britain. Thank you so, so very uh, much, yeah. Ivan. Thank you for giving us, uh, you know, your experience. We really appreciate it. Um, let me go to WhatsApp here. I've got a message here that says we are not talking about economics now. It is about social cohesion. So it, I don't know where you stand on that, Karen. Do you also believe that it's not about the economics, but for us to be able to come together as a society and bring together social cohesion? Yes, I, I think... Um it is a, it's in the first place about social cohesion, and from that, if it's a stable country, you will get a better economy. So without um, social cohesion and a stable uh, society, you won't have a, a, a good economy. So, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> and then Isaac says that, uh, hi Patricia, I'm of the opinion that uh, the whole of African countries should learn to speak Swahili as the language that will integrate the African continent than learning Mandarin. Do you think this would, would be one of the other solutions? Um, I'm always uh, a little bit careful for either or. <laughs> but if I have to choose, then I would also say um, Swahili. Um and that that's fascinating because um, if you if you think about Swahili and you listen to it and you are Zulu speaking, you will actually pick up what um, the discussion is all about. Because um, Swahili is also um, if we talk about um, um, African languages in in, in southern um, African region, we we usually talk about Bantu languages in in academics. Um, and and Swahili is is part of that um, language family group. So um, if you know Zulu, it will be easy to to learn um, um, Kiswahili, and the other way around. Um, sometimes we we still think about borders, um, and we we like we like to confine our languages to those borders. 
but languages were there before borders. Um, and and people sometimes forget that Shona and Venda are actually close. <laughs> we, we think Shona is in Zimbabwe and, and Venda is in South Africa. But if you start to learn those languages, you, you pick up that, wait, they are part of the same family. Um, so I, I would go for Kiswahili. <laughs> And uh, we've got uh, Clifford on the line. Clifford is calling from Uppington. How are you doing this evening, Clifford? Hello. Good evening, Clifford. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Good. I just want to say something. The topic is very interesting. But I've got this problem because uh, I hear your guest is saying, like, we need to learn the languages. At the moment, I'm situated in Northern Cape in Uppington, right? Mm-hmm. And I can safely say I can speak all the 11 languages, including Spanish. Oh, oh congratulations, David. Um, yes. Uh, just to take on that, especially, I don't know, should I call it the stereotype about us as South Africans? Because I came here, I'm 10 years now here in Appington. I can speak fluently Africans, fluently Venda, or let me just say probably most of the languages. But I've got this problem, especially here, the African-speaking people, right? They tend to be like, if you're talking Zulu or you're talking other languages, they are not interested at all. You understand? There is this stigma that says uh, 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 Africans is more superior than other languages, and there is no need to, 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 to learn other languages. And I'm saying, I don't know, is the stereotype people or what? Mm. So... It's it's kind of like difficult because let me tell you something. I'm working most of the time with the Spanish. That's how I learn Spanish. Let me just say in four years. So it's about the mentality of the person. If you want to learn a language, you will learn it because you're always trying to. And I've got other guys that are staying here, Spanish people, that are working also on this side, that speak a little bit of Africans. They know exactly what you're saying. They can answer you. So it's about the, 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 the mentality of a person. It's not about how you teach people or whatever. If somebody wants to learn a language, he or she will learn the language. Thank That's you what so, I can tell you. Thank you so very much, Clifford. You know, Karen, uh, based on what Clifford is saying, it's just bringing me to to remember our, our tragic history that was marred with apartheid, mm. where we had the Group Areas Act of 1950. But then within the mm. act, if you go to certain uh, communities, uh, for instance, uh, the, the township communities, there was also a division amongst languages. So never mind that we were racially divided, but we were also mm. divided as the Sutus would stay in one area in this location, the Zulu in one area is the Zongas, the Ve- and, and that's what it looked like. And it seems that, according to Clifford's experience in Uppington, there's still that um, superiority mm. when it comes to languages or resistance amongst ourselves as South Africans. And I think that's what I, I started off our conversation with, to say we ourselves as South Africans are still battling with understanding each other's languages and therefore each other's cultures and integrating as a rainbow nation. So making it even more difficult for us to be able to integrate with Africans from outside of South Africa. I, I totally agree. Um, there's, there, there's no superior language, um, and and it depends on where you live. So sometimes you will meet, um, let's say, the French, and they will tell you, but 
they, they don't need to learn any other language, but it doesn't mean that the French is better. It's about that person, as, as he said, it's, it's, it's about his uh, attitude. Um, and that's a pity. That's really a pity. And, and um, I think if we could um, start to learn our own languages, it might be easier to learn <laughs> all the other languages or to to be willing to help um, foreigners to learn your own language. Um, I mean, if, if I go to, um, I don't want to name places, <laughs> but um, let's say to Northwest, um, and and I start to speak Zulu there, I might get the same reaction. Why do you want to speak Zulu to me? Let's speak Tswana. So, uh, um, so I, 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 yeah, it depends where you live. But I totally agree we have to work on our own attitudes. Our own attitudes. Now, uh, mm-hmm. Anonymous sends a message here, says, um, are you trying to make... I think the question's posed to both of us, but are you trying to make South Africans apologize and repent for, inverted commas, our xenophobia by learning foreign languages? Isn't the onus on them to learn our languages? Is it not enough that we welcome them into our country and let them live in peace and freedom? And I think, Karen, my take on this would be, yes, you have already mentioned that the natural progression of things is that when a person comes into your place of living, they then learn. So when in Rome, you do as the Romans do. So what you're trying to advocate is that people who are not from South Africa and they come into South Africa should be given the opportunity publicly to be able to learn languages, correct? Exactly. We need to give them the opportunities. Um, we can't simply um, expect from them to to learn the language. Where should they learn it if we don't uh, provide them with um, classes or opportunities? Um very true, very true. Let's go to the lines. Vincent in Cape Town has been patiently holding. How are you, Vincent? Hi, how are you? Excellent, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'd just like to comment regarding, I mean, the language whereby uh, I think previously you mentioned that, I mean, uh, even in South Africa, there is, I mean, a problem among other people speaking other languages where they cannot speak, I mean, the other, I mean, commun- I mean tribal languages. But uh, if you compare in a country like uh, most of the countries in East Africa, like in Kenya, Tanzania, like I come from Kenya, you find national languages normally is English and Swahili. So even if you go around the country from one corner to another corner, you won't meet someone that you won't speak Swahili. You will communicate. But for a case here, mostly you find there is various languages. Like also maybe go to Limpopo, you want to be in a position to speak vendor because. Everyone speaks his own language, so that will become a bit complicated. But bear in mind, most of people from East Africa, if they come here, it's very easy for them to catch up with your languages because we've got some the terms, they are more or less similar. Like in Tosa, you find, I mean, they say Inuele, we say Nuele. Mlomo, we say Mdomo. Madino, we say Madino. So we've got similarity. Even Tosa, they say Makwapa Nuka. In Swahili, it's Makwapa Yanuka. So the most important thing, I think, is uh, people should embrace languages rather than someone thinking maybe his or a language is better than another one. Like for my case, I'm in a position to speak Tosa. I can speak Afrikaans also because I've been staying for a while. I remember the time I was in Sri Lanka. 
and I went to South African Embassy. So I meet, I mean, a, a lady, I mean, a white lady, and I pressed. She was very, I mean, impressed. Then she failed to understand I was looking for a visa. But how can you speak? But I said, no, I've been staying here for a while, you know. So for my case, normally when I come across any word, maybe closer people to speak, I'll note it down, then I'll ask what is the meaning, then I'll try to make use of it while I'm, I'm having a conversation. Excellent. So that is, I think, even more important where people should impress different languages because you never know. It will help you one or another, you know. Thank you so very much, Vincent, for sharing your experience. And uh, it's very positive. Let's go to a bit of a break and then we'll come back. We are speaking about uh, curbing the xenophobic uh, issues in South Africa by learning each other's languages or even opening up language centers for people who come into South Africa to learn our languages. This is SFM. Remember, you can interact with us by SMSing 41391 or WhatsApping 0614104107. You can also call us on 0891104207. We are on social media platforms at SFM Radio at Patricia N. Nduli. Hashtag SFM LNC. SAFM, leading the conversation. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Let me repeat myself. My name is Leon and I am from Cape Town, Hope Bay. And I would stand believe that uh, language can make a difference. But what we need to understand, the cultural background, especially of our African brothers. And I would agree with anybody who would say, we can add some of their languages and that would also assist us in to educate us how they live how they would understand us, and maybe the, the the friendship would be built on a broader spectrum than we are having it now. You know, I agree with your guess. Our people are not xenophobic. They are simply Afrophobic. I find it very ironical that someone can match for George Floyd and hate a fellow African. To me, that is the greatest irony of all time. And I wonder how we balance up issues. It's simply speaking down in Musenberg. Um To be honest, I think it, it would work, you know, when, when languages um, are being used. Because I'm taking it from a personal point of view. You know, I know many languages, like almost 11 of the old official, we have also some local, like your Shubis and your Kilobedus. I, I do speak those, you know, and, and all those people that I can speak their languages, I tend to not to be racist against them um, or to be, to be, you know what, um xenophobic in a so saying way so if we would put languages up um we would have um a, a, a lot of sense of 
of where we're going as the community you know um we need that because it would help you know um with the generating of the african continent at large you know at school we only being taught english as a language but actually there are more any other languages that we should know you know i, I was not happy with having Africans at our back of our question papers at high school. But now I understand that you have to learn the other languages. You know, it's 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 as easy as that. And nowadays I'm I'm five years in Cape Town. I can easily speak Africans. Well, it seems that our listeners, well, at least from the three voice notes that we have listened to, Karen, are in agreement with the fact that we need to um, allow our fellow African brothers and sisters to learn the languages that we have here in South Africa. And that's good news. <laughs> that I'm not the only one. <laughs> well, yeah. I've got another message here from Musa Malevu in Glencoe in KZN. says, I think the guy who said that Afrikaans is taken as superior in Uppington should ask those people to take a nice holiday to KZN. They will definitely change their attitude. I don't know what you mean, Musa. Um, yeah, I really don't know what that means, but yeah, let's uh, allow let's allow Aisha, who's in Uppington, to just uh, give us uh, her her understanding of what we are talking about today. Languages being very important. Aisha, very good evening to you. How are you doing, Aisha? Are you there, yes. Aisha? Yes, I am here. I'm saying good evening, and I'm fine. Thank you. I'm glad. I would you just are. like to comment on 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 your language conversation, and to and to ask your guest if she doesn't think that she's being utterly insensitive to the language situation in the country for South African citizens. Okay, let's allow her to respond. Uh, Karen, you've heard Aisha's um, question. That it's insensitive. Aisha, do you want to qualify further? Uh, yes, um, and, 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 and then I, I, I want to, to say that for the entire evening, SAFM uh, on Sangeza show and now is, is propagating, spending our scarce resources on foreign nationals instead of locals. Okay, so Aisha, um, thank you very much for uh, giving us your question. And it's very unfortunate that you feel that we are propagating instead of educating about solutions. No one in by any means, especially in this conversation, is saying that funds should be spent elsewhere. But we are just merely suggesting a couple of solutions that we could use that would make sure that we curb as xenophobia and we bring social cohesion because this is our continent so there's no way where we are prescribing to government or to anyone that we should be spending x amount of money on an x project all we are saying aisha is that look we have a problem as africans in south africa we have seen xenophobic attacks and we just wanted to know what is it that we can do but uh, in, in in response karen um maybe you can respond to her with regards to saying well don't you think you're being unfair to south africans um yes i i i i, I do understand because we we have so many other problems and it sounds as if I want to spend all our money. And if you think about 11 languages, we always see, oh, oh it's, but it's expensive. 
Um, I want to put this a little bit in, in, into perspective. Um, of course, we don't say we have to do it. It's just a suggestion. But um, if you look at a country like Canada, um, and, um, and they are um, bilingual, French and, and English, and they um, spend, let's say, 3 4% of the budget is on languages. But then it's full. Then it's, it's full-blown, everything French and, and English. Um, uh, I, 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 um, yes. <laughs> um, if we look at a university like uh, Northwest University, um, where they actually do um, the best to, to make it really a multilingual um, 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 university, it's, it's not huge amounts of money spent to do it. Um, I don't want to talk about the budget, but it really it's not even a percent to 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 make it um, multilingual. <clears throat> so it's uh, we don't talk about lots and lots of money, um, and it's it can also be done by NGOs. And so it doesn't have to come from um, from the government or from the taxpayers' money. Or you can um, start your own business, right? And start a you can language start your own business and advertise exactly. it very well. And uh, there, there's an idea for you. Let's take a bit of a break, and then we're going to come back. I've got Tobaga and Mbuso holding on the line, and a couple of voice notes. So after this, we will come back. This is SAFM leading the late night conversation. We're talking social and education conversations with the Karen Brits. Late night conversations. Late night conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Clearly, languages are a hot topic and uh, the issue of uh, xenophobia is also quite a hot topic and we do see your messages and we also see your voice notes and uh, your calls we will be attending to them this is SAFM late night conversation I'd like to remind you that we are also available on social media platforms at SAFM radio at Patricia N and we are speaking integrating languages this could possibly uh, assist South Africa with the scourge of xenophobia we are speaking to part-time lecturer she is a language practitioner or language uh, lecturer and uh, she speaks a couple of our South African languages and that is the beautiful Karen Brits. Karen, uh, we're going to go to the lines right now but before we do so, so I've got here a message from Anonymous. Anonymous says, master of pronunciation is something many say my tongue is too thick for pronouncing uh, some of the languages because they seem like tongue twisters. I am Afrikaans by the way but I learned to speak Sitswana and Sipedi. But now I am in my late 30s. Uh, well, he says 37. Uh, will it really be easy to learn a language like Shona with more tongue twisters? Uh, maybe if we have a radio station for Shona, that may help. But what we are saying here is that we as South Africans should be teaching our languages. So teaching a Shona person Sitswana, teaching a Shona person Sipedi, so that they are able to integrate in our society easier. Correct, Karen? That's totally correct. Um, so it, 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 the focus is not necessarily on, on Shona, but on, on the local language here. But if we learn Shona in the process, it's, it's just a, a bonus. Um, I, I think about the, the system that I got to, to know in, in, in Germany, where they, they call it tandem classes. 
So um, you could say which language you speak, and then they will teach you German. So you you teach them. In my case, I, I taught them Afrikaans, and they taught me, um, let's say, German. So it's, it's a tandem process. So you, you actually <laughs> benefit both ways. Mm, you you do benefit both ways. So Anonymous here says, well, historically, if you look at uh, the Nguni languages actually come from Swahili, if you can mm. listen to Swahili, you'll pick up that it's a very similar to Kosa and Zulu. So essentially, it would be us going back to our roots, Sibuyela Embo. Maybe then we can get our Ubuntu back. And not just the Swahili, but um, 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 Chichewa from Malawi, of which I speak quite fluently, is also the same. Um, very, very similar to Isizulu Nesikosa. Let's go to Tobega. Tobega is on the line. Hello, Patricia. Good evening, Tobega. How are you doing this evening? I'm okay. And your guest as well. Um, I have a question for your guest. My question is this. Well, I have a question and a comment. My question is, especially um, with Swahili, because... So many countries on the African continent actually speak their language. I've heard that it actually not doesn't distinctly belong to one tribe or one people, yet it is for means of trade the language came to be. I wanted to know if that's really true. And then also, um, I think of myself being a Zulu speaking person, you know, it, it's natural for us to stick to your kind. But I thought growing up that you get like a rude awakening when you go to university and that's insights with all these different people. You have to, now you can't communicate with people and maybe you stay in the same res with these people. So I consciously took a decision to like, okay, I'll try and learn languages. I couldn't, some I could hear what they were saying, but the problem is replying. And especially like with our African brothers, mainly the, the Nigerians, you'd find that they will tell you that in their country, there's like over 200 and something dialects. So they formulated something called Pigeon English. So that's one I had to master because, you know, as university students on a tight budget, you have to go and buy hair from their shops. So for me to get a discount, I actually learned that language. And every time I go there, I speak in Pigeon. So they would actually take me around to the the brothers shop, no, come and see, come listen to this girl, she speaks Persian, she speaks Persian like fluently. But in a way, when you speak a person's language, like you touch their soul. So yeah, that's my contribution. Tobega, did you teach any of your fellow uh, students from Nigeria um, Isizul? I did, actually. Congratulations. But the way they put all the things you see, and then some of them too have a problem with continuing. But the pigeon is because there's a mixture of English and I, it's just twisted English, but it just brings them all together. Because even at then there's Igbo, there's Yoruba, there's all these different types. So they formulated that. Now with us here in South Africa, I don't, I don't know which one we would say that would be our maybe Sanagalo or something that would mix us all together. Because I don't understand Eddie, Venda, maybe Sutu, yes. Almost like Zulu, but the rest, even at Afrikaans, as much as I was in a primary school with Afrikaans people, 
I'd have to walk around with a dictionary. Mm. I would only be able to respond to them after school. So, you know, Tobaga, thank you very much for your uh, sharing your experience. But for me, I think Fanagalo cannot be used. It just sounds so derogatory. <laughs> I've got uh, Nathan, and Nathan is in Mpumalanga. Nathan, very warm welcome to you. How are you, Madam Patricia? Excellent. Thank you, Mr. Nathan. Okay, I'm Nathan K. from Mbera Nelspite. Madam, let me tell you, South Africa, they are saying that they have so many foreigners in Africa. But if you Google it very well, the country which has so many refugees and asylum seekers in Africa is Uganda, which is a small country. But South Africa, they are complaining they have so many refugees, whatever. But I don't blame uh, about the people, about, I mean xenophobia. The people, they are supposed to be sensitized about being social with other people. Because when we blame the people on the ground, it's not right. We are supposed to blame our government officials. The, the approximately 70 or 75% of the people who are, in, who are in power, they are educated out of South Africa because it was during apartheid. Which means they are supposed to go back on the ground. They sensitize the people. And some of them... They have the children out of South Africa. They left their children when they are still out of South Africa. But it's very difficult for them to sensitize the people that know, don't do this, it's not good. Madam, let me tell you sincerely, I grew up, I'm a Ugandan by nationality. We had so many foreigners from different countries, but I've never had anybody torturing that this one is a foreigner. Let me treat him like that. Any foreigner which used to come to Uganda, we used to learn from that person. How do you cook in your area? How do you do this in your area? So you learn so many things. Mm. Let me give you another example. America is a developed country, but when you go very well and you inquire and start about America, the people who lead America to be developed are foreigners. Now, Nathan, because of time, I'm going to have to thank you very much for your experience and uh, for telling us exactly what happens in Uganda. And hopefully that with us coming together to learn um, South African languages, it will help us to be able to, you know, come together more. Thank you very much, Nathan. Okay, uh, Karen, uh, thank you very much for joining us as well. Maybe you could give us uh, some sort of website where people can be in touch with you if they want to just open up their minds and learn other languages. Um, well, they're welcome to follow me on, on Facebook <laughs> or on Twitter um, because I I, uh, I tweet about languages <laughs> on my Twitter account. What's your handle? Um, it's Karim Brit. So it's K-A-R-I-E-N-B-R-I-T-S. Brit. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much. Really appreciated your time this evening. That's a big, big pleasure. Let's go on to the news with the beautiful uh, Zolega Kodashe.